Test one, two, test one, two. Stop. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Nick Reynolds, Steve Harness, and Cousin Brewski. The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Yeah, welcome to another fantastic podcast, The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve, available on social media everywhere. Oh, we yeah. also have a webpage, thevocalminority.net, and you can see all our social media right there, as well yeah. as communicate with the program. And Nick is right, this will be a fantastic episode. Everyone is. If you've missed any episode, they're all there, and you're also a lesser person for having missed them, so go back and <laughs> enjoy them all. Y'all ready to go today, Brisky? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Need to know news. News you need to know. All right. Let's get into this right away, dude, because I was reading a story earlier today that I thought I forgot all about those. Do you guys remember when uh, Donald Trump made the NFT cards? Yeah, and NFT cards, because I didn't know these things before too recent. These are virtual trading cards, I guess, that are (laughs) unique for some reason that you can possibly just take a screenshot of and keep it for yourself. Oh, they're unique. Well, not surprising, by the way. They stole the artwork for all of those. Right. And that was part of what we talked about in the previous, that he did these ridiculous NFT trading cards of him and as superheroes yeah. or military heroes, which is ironic since he's been none of those things. And yeah, he stole the artwork, which seems so silly since you can pay artists next to nothing to draw stuff for you. But it seems so Trump at the same time. Right. <laughs> he should have hired the people and not paid them. That would have been even more Trump of him. But yeah, yes. just stealing the art from someone else and selling it. And we'd reported that I that he sold those things out in 24 hours, which is just the definition of, uh, of a gullible fan base out there oh my gosh dude can you imagine these are the same people that were like uh oh i do have 4.99 a minute to call miss cleo call right. me and the trump cards i think they were a hundred bucks i want to say if you wanted to buy your own is that i think that was what it was but yeah they were 99 dollars each i mean uh, any swindler will say 99 and not 100 right? of course yes but uh <laughs> i don't understand the value in them whatsoever and i don't understand what you're doing with them once you own them besides diddling yourself and looking at trump Steve. i assume you have some erotic thing with trump if you're buying his fake trading cards steve you feel the way that most people feel all right but there is a population uh, beyond all belief yeah when about these 30%. Things, yeah when these things came out i was just like are you kidding me no way will anyone buy those even his biggest fans yeah so- uh, They had a huge, I mean, like you said, they sold out. Uh, As soon as he announced the uh, launch, it came at a price point of $99 each, uh, and they went quickly. Now, if you bought a 1000 because they were sold in packages, you know, you could buy them in packages, and most people bought a 1000 All right. You want to know how much money that you would have at this point if you spent a 1000 uh, what, what? How does this work, though? These these cards have a trading value now, like they're on eBay yes. or something. Current floor price is okay. what they call it of car, you know, trading cards. Okay. Do you sure. remember collecting baseball cards and looking at the Beckett to like, oh, this is worth that much? Yep. Same no. type of thing. I did that with comic books, not baseball cards. But yeah, okay. okay. So so they become a collectible. And as I, w- I always tell everyone, collectibles are worth whatever someone will pay for them. The, True. The, the, the books that tell you how much they're worth, that's a, that's a metric. It's a guide. But collectibles are always worth whatever someone will pay for them. So yeah, what's your news article about these freaking Trump cards? 
uh, the same thousand and dollar investment you made when you purchased them would have you with seven thousand nine hundred and thirty seven dollars in your pocket. Are you kidding me? No, they went up sevenfold. <laughs> yes, dude. I don't even know what to do with that other than cry for the state of America. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that really is a big old bummer. I mean, at least baseball cards and comic books are tangible. You can hold them in your hands. Like this virtual trading card thing is ridiculous. And yes. by the way, you know, there's also all sorts of collectibles that go up in the short term, but they eventually fade away and drop. I mean, what are Beanie, Beanie Babies? Worth Beanie, babies? Yeah, exactly. Beanie Babies? Beanie Babies? <laughs> so, Beanie okay. Baby. so you're telling me I should put all my 401k money into Trump trading cards? because That's not a good points. move. Listen, uh, dude. I think that, uh, you know, people made a little cash. Are they going to stay this way? The only reason they would stay this way or continue to rise is, is because he's such a villain. I mean, uh, the the uh, fact that they're even available, he's a real true life villain. Who's I thought you were going to say they would only go up again if he dies, in which case, uh, <laughs> nah, I don't want to wish death on anyone, especially a former president. That might be illegal, but um, <laughs> that'd be uh, one upside to the coins going up in value, I suppose. So. Yeah, well, we'll have to wait and see what happens. I did not get in on the investment, so. We are not here to offer uh, financial advice to anyone listening, but um, that makes me want to vomit, so. But again, who's buying these things? really don't know. I mean, you call, I would imagine the people that are buying these, as a majority, would probably be uh, people who can't afford them, you know, like they're. Should be paying the power bill. <laughs> right. right. You better have a lot of disposable income if you're spending yes. Donald Trump virtual plagiarized trading cards. So. Right. Well, as far as these virtual trading cards go. Yeah. Yeah. So the NBA obviously has their own version of these things, and they actually have one that was autographed by Luka Doncic, who plays for the Dallas Mavericks. How do you autograph a virtual card? On the artwork. I think you do it just you, oh. you, you use like a like a pen sort of thing. And then well, that would be a copy of an autograph, which should be worth nothing. But OK, this is reality, Steve. <laughs> this is where we are. I'm dealing with traditional collectibles, in which case okay, would you, copying a signature makes it worthless. But go. I don't understand this virtual world, but go ahead. OK, <laughs> worth four point six million dollars. Are you freaking kidding me? No, nope, I'm, no. I'm, I'm, I'm 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 looking I'm looking at an article at CNBC raising it right now. But here's the question with all collectibles. I can go on eBay right now and find a comic book that I have hanging on my wall and somebody's asking 10,000 for it. That doesn't mean that they're going to get it. So you're well, telling me this virtual card is really worth 4.6 million? To get a well, price like that though, you'd have to have some comparables. Yeah, or or recent sales. It sold, you know, 6 That's months what I mean. Ago yeah, now. like a recent sale to judge it off of uh, That's if what you have more than one, you take an average. Right. Well, so where's it coming from, Bruski? Te- technically, that's what the card was sold for, not what they're oh. valuing it at. That was sold for $4.6 million. Well, like I said, it's worth whatever someone will pay now, for it. So if someone paid that, then I guess that's what it's worth. Now, here's the other thing. A month prior to that, an actual baseball card, a 1952 Mickey Mantle card, that sold for $5.2 million. But at least that. That makes sense. It, it's it's right there. It's you're holding it in your hands, and yes. and at that point there, it's it's like what uh, sixty one years old. I was gonna say it's old, limited circulation. It's a real object, like this whole t- virtual card from a current player, like with a a photocopy of his signature. Essentially, that's that blows my mind. I'm clearly yeah. investing poorly with everything in life. So it's man. incredible, dude. What you can get from uh, so I my brother has uh, at the front at the time was a best 
best friend who collected Beanie Babies and he got in on the early side of the game. Right. Uh, That man sold his collection as a whole uh, for huge, I mean, major six figures. So maybe close to a half million dollars. Like uh, he opened up a store, a restaurant and bought a house in cash like uh beanie baby things money. with the money yeah yeah, that's cool. beanie yeah baby. i mean again like I mean, that's one of those short-term markets where if it's going crazy and uh you can cash in you know more power to you but collectibles are tough uh for that kind of reason you know the short-term stuff is it's a big gamble like the stuff i have is just going to keep going up in value spider-man batman all of the uh you know age-old things but remember when you and i started pro- uh collecting vintage microphones and radios yes yeah. those have gone way up dude we used to be able to get those fairly reasonable yeah for sure same so, with music gear by the way like some of my oh, stuff yeah. i i sold out of desperation a couple of years ago and a, a vintage marshall head that i had and I needed money to fix my dirt bike up because these are my priorities nowadays. Who'd you I, sell it to? A, a stranger? I sold it on a, a website uh, that was all for used music gears. The the eBay. Nice. I remember what it's called now, but yeah. I priced it way too freaking low. I didn't even do any research. I just know what it was, what I paid for it. And I bumped it up a few hundred bucks. And I listed it at a thousand dollars. It sold within like five minutes. And then I started researching those exact same things are going for 1800, two grand. So I I priced it to sell. But my point is like, that's something I've been holding on to for 25 years. And it just keeps inching up over the years. Uh, Like the baseball card, it's a tangible item in that market. That market's a little more reliable, but it's not going to shoot up in the short term like Beanie Babies or some investments are great, dude. And and like you said, I mean, you can invest in things that uh, are incredible and also be a hobby and still make money. You know what I mean? Yes. Think, do you guys think anybody would pay me big money for my Burt Reynolds pillow? I don't know. Why not? Is it original? holding up a giant <laughs> Burt Reynolds pillow. Why do you have these things within arm reach? You have so many things within arm reach in your in your tiny little studio right there. A Burt um, Reynolds pillow. But the answer is yes. Like the more time goes on, the yes, that will go up in value. Will it be worth a million dollars? I doubt it, but it'll keep going up over the years for sure. The Burt Reynolds pillow, I just happened to, it was sitting on the floor right right near here. It's disturbing, uh, it, but yes. Yeah, I, I, it was, I, was, I was up one night really late and Nick knows this. I am on Etsy all the time. Yeah. And some person had these Burt Reynolds pillows for sale that, that they that they made. And, and you thought, damn, I need a Burt Reynolds pillow. Do you cuddle with that? How, what no, do you I do don't. I love it, dude. You have a treasure trove behind you. Uh, Brisky, what do you think about this collection, dude? These are Ooh, nice bug. Vintage Tonka Ooh, cards. Wheels. These bad boys are going crazy, too. Oh, well, the Hot Wheels, especially if they're the original Redline ones from the late 60s. I've got my Hot Wheels Batmobile sitting right here. This is an original, by the way. You see all the crap we all have in arm's reach? This is really disturbing, (laughs) quite frankly. But that's what what makes your workspace fun, though. That is true and fair. I'm just impressed by the random things we all pull out every episode. Nick's now wearing mustache for some reason. Uh, Burt Reynolds inspired, I see. (laughs) For the podcast audience, I just want to paint the picture for them. I have a Yoda puppet here that I could grab. Are you going to try to grab it or are you going to do it? Because there is no try. Only try, do, or do not. Is that a, that's a puppet? Yeah, it's a puppet. It looks like a statue. Yeah, I know. But yeah. It also looks like a pocket pee. (laughs) I mean, do you ever play with that sexually? 
no, no I, I told you that <laughs> I, but you are basically doing a rectal exam of Yoda from what I can see right there. So that's, that's what, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, good. Uh, we started this off with the uh, Trump's trading cards. Uh, I have another Trump article here, which is disgusting to me as well, but for a slightly different reason, although it does involve pop culture. So we connect the dots now. President Donald Trump was reportedly so livid over Jimmy Kimmel's TV jokes that he ordered White House officials to get the late night host muzzled. Uh, Rolling Stone reported this week that there was at least two phone calls to a top Disney executive to demand action against Jimmy Kimmel in 2018. Disney's parent company of ABC, which has Jimmy Kimmel Live. Uh, One unnamed Trump senior administration official told the magazine that Trump felt Kimmel was being, quote, very dishonest, very dishonest (laughs) and doing things that Trump would have won sued over. I could sue him for these things. Another unnamed former official told Rolling Stone that, quote, nobody thought it was going to change anything, but uh, DJT, Donald J. Trump, was focused on it. So we had to do something. It was doing something mostly to tell Trump that, hey, we did it. We called ABC. We told Jimmy Kimmel to shut the hell up. And of course, uh, Jimmy Kimmel roundly ignored that. And apparently ABC executives dropped it after Kimmel told them, are you freaking kidding me? He is such an impetulant child, dude. I mean, it's unbelievable. Can you imagine? I mean, not only the whole act of doing that, but asking somebody to do that or telling them to do that. Can you imagine how embarrassing that must be? And to think about the people around him that thought they needed to do it. Let's placate the president like he's some child. The same thing happened, by the way, with all of his election conspiracy theories that we now know the Department of Justice, the FBI, actually investigated these claims just to shut him up. Spent your money. Yes, this is our time and money, tax dollars spent chasing down conspiracy theories. And by the way, when they then told Trump, there's nothing to any of these things that you're whining about. We all investigated them with the the Department of Justice, the FBI. There's nothing there. And what did Trump do? He just kept talking about him because it doesn't matter if it's real or not. Dude, he's told you he I mean, there's old tapes of him saying like, you just say it's that's a lie and people will believe you at some point if you just keep saying it. Yes. If you repeat a lie often enough, enough people start to take it as truth or I heard this like Trump always says people are saying, I don't know, people are saying that is not real. And it's certainly nothing a president should be dealing with. And for all of the conservatives out there, part of the reason I feel this article is need to know news, news you need to know. Um, <laughs> talk about the hypocrisy. Uh, Republicans are supposed to be for small government and constitutional rights. Mm. Yet here we have the president trying to squash somebody's First Amendment rights, trying to use the power of the White House to bully a comedian. It's unbelievable. I mean, well, we saw what he did with the free press, right? I mean, the attack that he took on the press is unprecedented i mean it's freaking crazy dude the fact that you would imagine somebody in 2023 would take on freedom of the press yeah and by the way enemies of the state yeah well you know ronda ronda santos is doing the same thing down in florida now they're trying to pass a bill that says that if you as a blogger have written an article about the governor or anyone on his staff that you have to uh register with the state Register. And otherwise, you can be fined and arrested. 
I love that conservatives refuse the concept of registering firearms, but they're now in favor of registering members of the media for free speech so they can be closely monitored and, uh, I assume, squashed when DeSantis doesn't like what they say. This is the Nixon enemies list all over again. It, it is the height of hypocrisy that most uh, Republicans skip right over the First Amendment and hold on to that Second Amendment, the guns. Like, we can't tamper with that at all. We can't be regulating guns. We shouldn't have to register guns. But they skip right by the First Amendment that guarantees all of us, especially members of the media, by the way, were specifically mentioned in there that we have the right to freedom of speech. Uh, Ron DeSantis uh, put on an event anyway, and he had all these people that show uh, showed up at the event and they were wearing Trump gear. He sends people out and he was like, I've been told to remove everyone who is wearing a Trump shirt. Wow. Yeah. And they're like, freedom of speech, like freedom of speech. He was like, no, you got to go. He, Ron, Ron wants you gone off the property, away from it. Censoring anybody for what they're wearing is obviously ridiculous. But boy, touched a nerve with you, Ron DeSantis. Do you know about him and his boots? No, tell no, me. He, he actually wears his pair of cowboy boots around everywhere now. And it, they've got like a really high heel on them because he uh, wants to look taller. Little man complex, huh? Uh, yeah, and it, because th- there's been there have been studies in the past that say that um, if you're under a certain height, that uh, voters don't find you trustworthy, or, or that, that you are over a certain height, voters find you trustworthy. Wow. See, again, I'm a tall guy, so I don't look at the world that way. I've learned, though, that so many people do. But politicians, it's like Tom Cruise. I wouldn't know he was short if somebody didn't really point that out to me. Like on TV, I can't tell how tall someone is. But same thing with Sly Stone, right? You always hear you're always so small in person, you know. Is he? See, I didn't know that. So, and I don't know how tall Biden is or DeSantis or Trump or any of them. So. You know, I once saw Sly Stone at uh, Venice Beach in LA. Of course you did, dude. Was he working out? No. No, actually, he was. He, I saw a group of people around this guy, and he was like holding court, telling stories and everything. And I'll tell you what, it was fascinating. I sat there for like an hour listening to this guy talk, and I didn't realize that Sly Stone lived in a van. And a lot of times he would go around to different beaches, and Venice in particular was one of the beaches he'd hang out at. And that, ladies and gentlemen, need to know news. News you need to know. Hey. Hey. Adrian. Did he live in the van or did he just cruise the van? I live in a no, van he, down by the beach. He he lived in the van actually. He did? What I mean, what year are we talking, Bruce? Nice van, okay. This was a probably I would say 2008, 2009, somewhere around there. Yeah. Hmm. R- Rambo three didn't do too well. <laughs> Why is he living in a van in two thousand nine, dude? From what I, I my just, life. Don't judge From me. what I understand, he he had had a lot of money problems. Are you, is this? Are you putting me on, dude? I invested heavily no, in Trump trading. I'm I'm, so. I'm being dead serious. <laughs> I'm being dead serious. He hey, may have was lull there in those career this, years, it, but living in a van. I mean, he wasn't so broke. <laughs> come he on, dude. He couldn't buy a mobile home. Hey, yo. <laughs> no, I mean, I assume know, he just man. wanted to live the life. He wasn't actually homeless, just living in a van, was he? I didn't go deep into it, but I, from what I've, <laughs> I've heard people say that he had fallen on hard times, lost most of his money. He had tango and cash money forever, <laughs> dude. Sly Stone, man. I mean, that's amazing. It is amazing. Oh, wait, Risky, yeah. as long did as we're doing. Wait a minute. Did, yeah. did you say Stallone or Stone? Stallone. I'm stoned. Oh, I was talking about Sly Stone, the musician. <laughs> oh, that made 
makes so much more sense, dude. Oh my god! Oh. Why am I doing a Sylvester Stallone voice for the Sly Stone? You mean you know Sly in the they Family say about Stone? Sly Stone? Yeah. He's small, dude. <laughs> How did Nick and I both hear that as Sylvester Stallone? That's so weird. It, I said it. It was Sylvester Stallone, dude. That's oh, who I was talking about. I heard about. it wrong. I'm sorry about that, guys. I am so confused now. Who the hell was living in a van? Sylvester Stallone? <laughs> no, no, Sly Stone was living in a van. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Dude, I mean, it makes when was so there much more day? sense. Uh, not only was he a star so long ago, but he had drug problems. I mean, that makes sense to me. <laughs> okay. There we go. We're on the same page now. But yeah, so, oh, yeah. so like, like I said, Sly Stone seemed like he was on something and telling lots of stories and people in a like semicircle around him while he sat in this this chair in a hot <laughs> hot baking sun of Venice Beach. Listen, dude, that is so much more interesting to me than <laughs> Sylvester Stallone having a powwow at Venice Beach. Sly Stone? I yes. mean, that's that's you what a moment in time that you had, Brewski. I mean, that's really incredible. I, I know, I know. It was just I'm starting to question a lot of stories I've heard. Now. I thought Sylvester Stallone was often referred to as Sly Stallone, but yeah. Sly Stallone. Stallone. See, what they, see, I'm already, I, I'm confusing <laughs> myself now. Even, jeez, that's yeah. hilarious. So anyway, I don't mean well, I'm glad I got to do my Sylvester Stallone impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> Sly Stone story that made no sense, but no, I, I got us off track. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't Listen, to do that. harness that story started out as a Sylvester Stallone story, did it? Yeah, I gotta review the tape. Yeah, because because you were talking about height and how small people were. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Nick mentioned Sylvester Stallone, and then you did Sly Stone. Exactly, because when I, I saw did. Sly Stone, he actually looked really small in person. I'm easily distracted, so uh. well, yeah, you know what is this? You you guys you guys worked at an oldie station, sure. So that's why I was thinking that maybe you were talking about Sly Stone. I, I don't Steve know why. Harness. Thank you. Yeah, that was my oldest jingle right there, actually. <laughs> Steve Harness. Well, listen, I'm glad we could bring the worlds together, though, between Sly's. So, And I don't get to do my Sylvester Stallone impersonation ever, so I appreciate the, <laughs> oh, opportunity the, the, that. the listeners, thank you for that. Yes, indeed. Oh, God, okay. Sorry. Well, maybe uh, maybe having uh, dabbled in herbal remedies throughout most of my life is why my brain is a little easily <laughs> flighted. Uh, Brewski, do you have any uh, marijuana-related stories for us? News. Need to know news. News you need to know. Yes. Dateline, Watley, Massachusetts. Oh, Watley. Where's, where, yes. where's Watley? Franklin uh, County. It's in central Massachusetts. I see. All right. And time. so uh, we this uh, place called Club Castaway. And um, they're opening a topless cannabis dispensary on the site of what used to be a strip club. Nicholas Spagnolo is going to merge the two businesses together. That's what they call a pivot in 2023. That's just good business right there. So wait, did the guy used to own the strip club and now he's making it into the dual thing, a topless dispensary? Exactly. Does he just not want to lay off any of the dancers? Is that why (laughs) they're already working there? Just let him sell pot now. Well, no, I, th- I think he. I think he um, wants to uh, get in part of the cannabis market. Why open a brick and mortar someplace else when you already have a, a large facility well, it's right just, there? I mean, that's a classic strip club, right? I mean, most strip clubs you could buy drugs, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, this is this is just a legal 
It's not do. a big pivot. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are, are the poles still there or is that how they're showing off? Like they get a little jar and slide down the pole and show it to you. I mean, how, how are they? Are they just standing there topless? It could be health code violation if you really well, think about it. I mean, you, you, I've never understood eating in strip clubs. I, I've never done it. What? A lot really? of people do. No. Oh, dude, yeah, a- eggs and legs. Come on, man. Dude, it is the dirtiest place you could possibly be. And that's it, a, it that's is a big thing, but I have no desire to uh, to eat at a strip club. Oh, no. yes. Steak, a little steak and eggs. You know? So do you feel okay about getting your flour there or your products for marijuana? Well, smoking poles probably has been going on at the strip club prior to that as well. So, again, mm-hmm. we're just uh, bridging the gap there. Um, I I no, no. I mean, <laughs> I guess that's a novelty, but I need to focus on the crystals and the herb and what I'm looking at. I don't know if having a topless woman there is going to help me or at all. And by the way, isn't that sexist? Can they hire topless dudes, too? I mean, well, that, that was my question. Are we going to have guys like me, you know, behind the behind the counter? and right. You know My dad I mean? has told me the marijuana smoking causes uh, man boobs for guys. So, yeah, definitely. You could have some well-endowed dudes selling a pot as well. But Yeah. All, Is Brewski stripping right now? Oh my, God. oh, my gosh, dude. You're, you're We're on the air. Wow. Uh, how's it going there, Brewski? What, do, what, what do you have in a sativa for me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Listen, guys, I'm telling you right now. Uh, <laughs> Jeez, wow. Wow, that's a little disturbing, but okay. I, I can't I, believe I'm but doing I mean, this with but, my pants off. Oh, well, you have your but, pants off but, too? Can't you can't you imagine them bringing male strippers in just to be just to have the buff dudes with like chicks coming in to buy a pot? Of course. Yeah. Listen, dude, you got a decent B cup going there. If I kind of put my hand over the top half of you, I think you know you got a nice little rack going there. It's not bad. If you were you ever close uh, your eyes and just sort of you know <laughs> play with yourself no. you can get a little boob in one hand a little pole in the other hand that is so That's foul steven that is so foul why it's it's self-exploration Nick. why There's would no you shame. ever do that are you There's attracted no to your body i am attracted to my body i'm looking good you are well i mean every now and again i glance and I go, hey it's not bad i'll tell you but it's nice I'm in a new phase of life where I take my shirt off and people are impressed. That's never happened in my entire life. So, but your own body makes you excited as well. I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying that self love is all about visualization. You so. feel good about yourself. Yes. But all right. I'm making a different point with Brewski here. I'm just saying that if you close your eyes, uh, a boob is a boob. And obviously, Disagree. if you're looking for spank bank know. motivation. I don't know, but you can't really see it because it's really light. But I've got some hairy nipples. I once killer. went to a strip club called Hairy Nipples. So I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe this is not such a bizarre thing. But I don't need know. to know news. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. News you need to know. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, uh, I guess my short answer is if I have multiple dispensaries to choose from, I don't know that a topless one is going to entice me any further. And I'll it, go once. Like you said, it's a novelty. I, I got to sure. go once just to see, but it's not going to become my regular uh, shopping mart. I mean, if it's a great pot shop that has good prices and selection, then I think it would be irrelevant that they're topless. I go for value quantity. I like specific things. So if it's if it's the shop in that town for that, but it's just overkill to have topless women, <laughs> I'd go there anyways. So Yeah. Well, it's, it's not too far, like I said, from uh, UMass Amherst. So I'm assuming that they'd probably get a lot of, uh, you know, the, the, 
fraternity guys and yeah. The, the but I'll tell guys. you too. I've noticed when I go to my pot shops because I'm there a lot. Um, it's a wide range of people. Male, sure. female, young, old, all that kind of stuff. So it almost seems like you'd be shooting yourself in the foot to do a topless pot shop because you're going to narrow the demographic of who's going to come to your business. Just business one-on-one. You don't want to be turning away clientele. So. Always That's up smart. for a good business step, dude. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, Brewski, what, what, would, what would the name of a shop like this be? If you were naming it. Anyway? Oh, uh, probably uh, Boobies and Doobies. Ah, very good. <laughs> How about Boobies and Bongs? Mm-hmm. I can see yeah. that. Hey, dude, All let's right. uh, cruise over to Boston real quick if you got the time. Oh, Do we're, we? We're doing a Massachusetts loop from central yeah. Boston to the, to the coast. So, yes. Yeah. A uh, guy in Boston, Mass, had a heart attack and went to hell. Here's what he saw. Incredible but true. Uh, we always hear about people dying and them saying, like, I saw the white light and I saw my wife. She was waiting for me with a smile. You know, like, these are the stories that we hear. We never hear, oh, I actually went down to hell. Yeah, right. They're always very good stories. Yeah. I think it's what happens when your brain's deprived of oxygen. But okay, go ahead. (laughs) A priest says he briefly went to hell in 2016. He saw men walking like dogs, heard demons singing Rihanna songs. And while many of the most publicized near-death experiences continue to be great, positive, and delightful, here is your negative story. A Michigan-based priest now in boston so this ties you guys in nicely it does my home state of brewskis how nice yes uh <laughs> and it ties my love of priests into it too so go ahead. suffered a heart attack he says uh i had a near-death experience that uh sent him into a place that he never thought he'd visit hell this was far scarier for the priest right because he, he assumes like i'm in dude i de- i devoted my life i haven't done any bad things and i'm going to heaven but yeah, unless buddhism is the ultimate religion in which case you probably are going to hell because you picked the wrong team right yes probably so uh he made a brief statement that said i wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy i don't care what he did to me no one deserves what i saw do you think this is an intimidation factor Pulling a stunt? Do you think he actually did it? I can't imagine a priest lying to anybody at any time (laughs) for anything, let alone their entire profession. But uh, yes, go ahead. Are we sure this guy just didn't happen to be at Mar-a-Lago and see Trump naked? Mm, That possibility. Yeah, I don't understand this whole hell was men were walking around like dogs. This guy's projecting clearly. He must have been yeah, dominatrix type stuff, you know. Immediately after the heart attack, uh, he saw his spirit leave his physical body, went down to hell, entering through the very center of Earth. He says the things I saw there were indescribable. Yet he described them, so they were not in. (laughs) (laughs) He did his best to get through, and then what? They shocked him back to life, and he came back up to the eternal plane here. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't like it. They didn't like him, and they were like, "Yeah, get out of here." They, they gave him the boot, eighty-six yeah, right. them, and the, and send and sent them back. We don't want you. No one likes hanging out with priests, so that makes sense. I think um, it's odd that he said the entire time he was down there, 
uh, he heard music, including Rihanna's Umbrella and Bobby <laughs> McFerrin's Don't Worry, Be Happy. Oh, Rihanna, oh. that's a dig to be associated with that group right there. Demons were singing the songs to torture people over and over and over. He's just describing the halftime show at the Super Bowl. That's all. Everyone was, you know, wearing the red. What is well, wrong the, the with The Bobby him? McFerrin thing. Oh, my God. That's so awful. It is. But uh, you know what? The Hindenburg, my ex, she loved that song. And I told her, like, no one loves that song. That's such a joke. Like, <laughs> You're not like, allowed to love that song. <laughs> Novelty one hit wonder that burned out I, years and years and years ago. You don't put that on a favorite song. You know, you <laughs> know what? should have been the red flag right there for me. I yes. Two things on that. First of all, how yeah. we got Robin Williams to be in the music video. I'll never understand. Drugs. And then, <laughs> and, 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 oh, OK, there's that. But then the other thing, too, is that. Everyone talks about him like he's a musical genius, both before and after. Don't worry, be happy. Who and it, talks it, about him that way? <laughs> you, you listen to like Sly the, Stone. Right. <laughs> so now, that's a musical genius right there, Sly Stone. Right. Him, and, him and Rick James. Yeah. I have never heard genius and Bobby McFerrin in the same <laughs> sentence before. You listen, you Who listen are you hearing this from? The folks who go to like the Newport Jazz Festival and stuff uh, like that. Uh, uh, jazz uh, fans are highly questionable. It's the notes they don't play, man. I'm not playing a lot of notes. Am I a jazz expert? <laughs> so I got a couple of friends who uh, I just find scrolling through social media a couple of weeks ago, all kinds of pictures that they just posted. And as I'm looking at them, I think to myself, is that Kenny G? They are at a Kenny G concert in 2023, wow. and, <laughs> and it is sold out. And people are there. People still love Kenny G. Yeah, it's like Nickelback. You know, everyone hates them, but they still sell out concerts. They still sell millions of albums. I saw a thing the other day. They get 14 million streams a month on Spotify. So apparently they're not that hated. And apparently someone like Kenny G, I'm sure, is still doing just fine. How many how many spins on Spotify? 14 million a month for Nickelback, the most hated band wow. in the world. Apparently that is insane to me. Yeah. So, okay, hmm. so I admit to somebody who snuck their way onto my Spotify playlist and not by accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who do you think, Nick? I'll give you one guess. Hindenburg. No, no, I'm not talking about a human, an artist that's in the oh. Kenny G category being embarrassing. But oh, Barry like, Manilow you know is in there. Can you put Manilow in. Yes. yes. Now that I have unlimited access to music, I thought, you know what? I've listened to some Barry Manilow in a while. Yeah. Let's see how he's aged in my years. And- well, yeah. So what are you listening to? New tracks? I don't think he has any new tracks. No, I'm not doing that Copacabana crap. I'm a real fan of love. Mandy. <laughs> not even Mandy. I write, I write the write, songs. Wait, wait, I write no, the song. Speaking in New England. <laughs> yes. yeah. Or ready to take a chance again. Oh, see, Brewski's a deep fan as well. So there you fan go. The- I mix it up. I go from Metallica to Manilow. So that's this how is I- my theory with you <laughs> being a fan of low. Yeah. It. It triggers great memories of your mother listening to that as you were growing up. Is that the truth? Well, it's not that it triggers great memories. It's that as a child, that's all I heard was Barry Manilow. That's all my mom listened to. My dad was gone. My sister was into Bon Jovi. So I was either hearing Bon Jovi or Barry Manilow. So I almost was hardwired with an affinity for him because it was played on a loop. It's like telling the lie over and over. It starts to register at some point. So if you hear Barry Manilow on, on, on a loop for 10 years of your formative life, then. 
somehow there, he settles it. I, I get it. I get it. I, I have, have people good- that I listen to that my dad played that I would have probably never listened to. And today I'm like, oh, yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. I didn't get well, exposed yeah. to good music until I was 18 and out of the house. Like, I never heard Pink Floyd or the Doors or the Beatles. or Until you Metallica were an Guns adult? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I had no... Um, I should take Guns N' Roses off that list. If it was modern at that time, you know, on the radio or on MTV, I knew it. But um, that was that era of, you know, coming out of hair bands and into the early 90s there. So I knew the current stuff, but I did not know anything old. Never heard Pink Floyd. Never heard the Beatles, the Doors, some of my favorite bands now. That is insane to me. Yeah, there was no one playing that kind of stuff around my house. No one in high school was playing that? Nah, nah, because again, it was current. Everyone was either into the current rock or NWA or things like that that was going what on. What about the nudes? I mean, they, they would play what they play in Fred Bear. Well, that was current. Yeah, I didn't. I never uh, heard Stranglehold, though, or, you know, Cat's oh, Red okay. Fever. I, I yeah, only knew Fred yeah, Bear. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. You're lucky, dude. Yeah, so, I, I don't know about that, but yeah. When I was a kid, my parents used to listen to a lot of oldies. Uh, the ironic thing is I grew up in the Detroit, Michigan area, but I never heard Motown until I moved to Seattle and started working at the oldie station. And then oh. then I, I discovered Temptations, Screams, you know, Marvin Gaye, all that kind of stuff. And, that breaks my heart, dude. It, it, that, that surprises me, to be honest honest with you i was musically it, abused as a child you were below on loop <laughs> i feel bad for that yeah. well, i mean manilo whatever i mean he's obviously made some people happy in his life but sure. so much more to listen to and you started the so songs well, that make the young girls cry I mean, well, uh, you, you do you do know what he what he did before he got his record deal he did jingles exactly he wrote yeah. the damn band-aid jingle yeah, Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper, and, yeah. And also the Oscar Mayer baloney one. Oh, yeah. yeah I uh, mean, he's a musical genius, people. That's my point here of all of this. So now now you say that, and then I agree, but I went and I Googled the phrase Bobby McFerrin, musical genius. And yeah. I will say there there are so many articles here where they talk about the genius of Bobby <laughs> McFerrin. <laughs> I, it's, it's amazing. Written by Robert McFerrin. Enough said. Oh, that's so funny, dude. All right. Let's continue with some need to know news. Who's Who's got something? As we roll uh, just away from music, let me mention this because it's not a huge surprise to me. I uh, wonder if it will be to you. Bob Dylan's road manager said that the uh, musician was miserable as F his entire career to like tour around with like he's a miserable person. Wow. I mean, he looks miserable. He's got that, you know, droopy, sad dog face thing going on. <laughs> yes, he does. You're right. He's been miserable his entire career. I would have thought you were going to say these last few years, like at whatever age he's at now out touring. That would make sense. But. Bob Dylan has been uh, famous now for six decades. According to his road manager, he hasn't had a good time doing any of it. Really? Wow. No. Wow. Well, why is he doing it? And I have heard him at concerts before, like live recordings, uh, say, you know, eh, whatever. I I just want to do it for me. Like, (laughs) I don't really care that you guys are here. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go see you, dude. He might, that must be why he mumbles so much. It's the don't, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. He became more miserable as the years went on. Wow. I blame Jacob Dylan and the lack of success of the Wallflowers after their one hit. Yeah, what happened with that, dude? Uh, well, you know, Bob Dylan was on tour in 2020, and um, that was one of the first tours here in Tahoe that got canceled. 
And I thought like, yeah, like you're going to kill either him or his entire audience since COVID yes. was mainly affecting, you know, older people. I just assumed he was out touring because Jacob Dylan needed more money after his failed career. And so dad was out there trying to wrap I bet he's got money. plenty of money, dude. Plenty of money. Doesn't need I would to hope do so. it. It comes back to the question, though, of why you're touring and why you're doing all this stuff. Like, because, yeah, you probably made your money. Some people are at their happiest being miserable. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah. Some people like to stay depressed because they know how it feels. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's interesting. I've never been a big fan of artists that complain about being famous. You know, I love Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam. But, you know, when I hear Eddie complaining about being famous, although he doesn't do it much nowadays because he's not as famous as he once was. But he used yeah. to run around Seattle with a rubber mask on because he just didn't want to be recognized. God forbid. God forbid people recognize me. Then stop writing albums. Stop being in the public eye if you don't want to be recognized. How lucky you are you? When you get a, uh, I mean, when you get such an iconic artist as Eddie Vedder, for him to be able to write the way he writes, he has to be a little uh, odd, right? Sure. I mean, yeah. So maybe he, has uh, to be, but he, he doesn't have that uh, social game that he likes to play. Maybe it really makes him anxious. I mean, uh, there are people like that. Why haven't we seen Banksy? I mean, uh, well people say that he doesn't want to show himself he's anxious about those you know being famous crowds yeah. stuff like that interesting uh, i have a related article as a matter of fact to this if you're done with bob dylan i am well, done with bob dylan and we will carry on need to know news news you need to know all right here's an article that i don't know maybe you guys will be sympathetic to this i am not uh, Bruce, we all know Bruce Willis, obviously famous actor, diehard, sure. et cetera. But he recently came out, I don't know, months ago with, with whatever his deteriorating mental state was. A yeah, very, very fast form of, uh, dementia, dementia. front temperate, so uh, temporal s dementia. Front yep. temporal dementia. You were absolutely right. So, yeah. oh, so yeah. poor Bruce Willis. I mean, all, all of us on the show worship the guy as John McClane and for so many other roles over all these years. He's got a long list of phenomenal movies. Yeah. But again, you know, he's made his career off of being in the public eye. It's what being an actor is. Right. So sure. Now that he's got this new diagnosis of, as Bruce said, front temporal dementia, uh, Bruce Willis's wife, Emma, begs paparazzi to stop basically harassing Bruce when he goes on in public. Uh, Emma Willis made a plea Saturday to paparazzi who chased down her husband, Bruce Willis, who was recently diagnosed with front uh, front temporal dementia. Uh, in an effort to raise awareness around dementia, Hemingwell has posted a video on Instagram asking photographers and video, uh, videographers to stop shouting at him, stop trying to get his attention out in public. So the basic point here is, is Bruce Willis's family is saying, leave the poor guy alone. You know, yep. I would completely disagree. I'm really sorry, Mr. Willis, but you've made your entire career, all of your millions and millions of dollars off of us, the public. You're a famous person. And now that you're sick, of course, we still want to know what's going on with you. We want to we want to know. We have every right to know because you are famous and you have made yourself a public personality. Yeah, I can't cry for uh, we you don't now. have a right. Dude. Let's not be, let's not be crazy. It's a constitutional right to know what Bruce Willis <laughs> is doing. Also, I'm just saying you can't turn the switch off. You can't clamor can, for public attention well, your entire life and then say, no, no, no. Now I'm done. Stop. There's, well, there's plenty of people, dude, who have been famous and then slipped into obscurity. You know, that's they wanted to do it. He's not doing any more movies. He doesn't need to talk anymore. Also, 
do you not have any respect for him at all? Like that he's sick and that not only are those things bothering him, but they're messing with his mind, messing with his anxiety. But he's somebody that we have all idolized for years. So I still you're still a news story, Bruce. My my whole thing is, is that I don't know if the shouting would trigger something in his brain, kind of like how loud noises trigger people who have like autism and that sort of thing. Sure. Now, that's not not the point there, Megan. No, and I, but there was, she said, you know, everyone's shouting his name and that sort of thing. Now, if you and can don't go on in public, well, yeah, there's, there's that on, part man. of it. I mean, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you, you are, there's... son, you are an American. <laughs> You're the rubber mask that <laughs> entertain me and don't have any respect for you. Dude, listen, oh, you idolize You have him. respect for him. He okay, is, uh, then he, he's respect his ask, respect no. his request. No, you don't get to just turn the switch off, celebrities. Sorry. You're a famous person for a reason. You put yourself out there. Now you're seeing the downside of it, but sorry. Well, if you cannot you have, if we can't have the respect for a person's illness, would you do the same thing if he uh, all of a sudden came down with uh, PTSD? I do it for anything. If you're a famous person you who is would. now... Yes, he's still newsworthy, obviously. This is the article. We've all been talking about his, you know, this medical diagnosis. Like, you're a newsworthy story. And I'm sure your family is still making money off of your name and will for generations to come. So you don't get to be selective about your fame. What if he's going to my he movie? He can't do it, though. He can't do it. He's not making any more movies, dude. He's not making any movies. He has nothing to promote. He put himself into the public as a celebrity, as a movie star. You don't get to just turn that switch off. You don't Why get to tell you us ask Christopher that you're Reeves no to keep flying, dude. I, we, you don't get to sit down in that chair. Like, you be Superman, you were Superman. I'm not Superman. asking him to cure his mental d- disorder going on. <laughs> I'm saying you're still a famous person. People care about you. You're still a news story. You don't get to tell us to just stop. And paparazzi taking pictures sells magazines and internet articles. Like, you're part of that system, man. You don't get to just unplug and say, never mind. If it's that's a, the case, uh, you have away. a You have a symbol for life on you. I mean, I mean, if you come in and you be a movie star, it's forever. Don't you back out, you little bastard. Kind of, yeah. As long as your fame is still relevant, and his is, I mean, Ugh. then you don't get to tell us all to stop paying attention. And by the way, it's because we actually like you and care about you that we would want to know how you're doing. And you want to don't care about him, dude. If you don't respect what he's asking of you, you like the character. You don't like him. Most people don't care about what he's going through. No. It's, it's more about it's more about you want to have the celebrity part of it. You know, you don't care about him personally. If, no, if he's going to start sending a royalty checks back, then maybe we should all respect his wishes and stop, you know, wanting him to be giving you the entertainment you paid for. Dude, have you lost your soul? What are you talking about right I now? I just ridiculed Eddie Vedder for the same thing. Like you don't get to put yourself into a public job and then selectively tell people to leave you alone. If you get out of the game, if you have a, men- a mental health issue, if he, if he had cancer. Well, what if he dies? Are we listen, not supposed to mourn him? Like if he, he had cancer. Stop paying attention. Like you, know, you can mourn him. He doesn't want to be shouted at. He cannot verbally respond. He's losing his verbal skills, which would have to be somewhat embarrassing for freaking John McClane. They're only shouting at him to get him to look the direction so they can take a picture of him. They're not trying to interview him. 
Yeah, let's take a picture. Crazy Bruce Willis trying to get away. Like, I, I mean, it's a little bit sick, dude. Why, why, why can't the photographers just kind of move themselves to get a better angle? Well, they should, but it's a really competitive industry, and those paparazzi make a ton of money. Yeah, and they make the money because we're out buying and clicking on TMZ and buying the start, article. Like, you know, start doing this. That's all. Start throwing elbows. I mean, he, like I said, he could wear a mask. He could be ignoring them. No. He, you know, I mean. This whole I have sought your uh, love and attention all of these years. That's how I've made my entire fortune. My wife and daughter who are asking to leave me alone, they're stinking rich because I was famous. You and don't now get I've got a, a health issue that has stripped my voice and stripped my mind. But please continue to make me dance for you. Famous people shot. hate the paparazzi until they need publicity for their next movie, their next concert, the next whatever. They're disingenuous with their hatred of the media. You're a media professional. So I'm sorry. No, you don't get to just flip the switch and say, stop paying attention to me now. Luckily, doing movies anymore. Doesn't matter. You're an icon. Bruce Willis is one of the most famous actors on the planet. You're not going to just be unfamous and no one's going to just stop taking pictures of you. And if they do, that makes your picture even more worthwhile. So sorry. This is the life you chose. You're listen. I don't think he can't have pictures taken of him. Something in his head is going on where he can't be shouted at. Then you're a famous person. Don't go in public. Then are you going to tell the fans not to? Hey, Bruce, you doing okay, buddy? Hang in there, Bruce. Like, no. All all of us now have to respect Bruce Willis's wishes. That's oh, preposterous. You really? You're a public figure. Then yeah. don't go in public if you don't want to be shouted at. It's you're a good famous. thing. This, yeah, I'm, I'm so we, sorry. You're stinking rich because of all of us. We can't even debate this, dude. Because this is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this this is not a debate. You're not right. You're not wrong. Hey, this is your really messed up opinion. Well, it's the free market. <laughs> he's still a commodity. He's still famous. People still want to see him and talk and hear how he's doing. So, again, no, you you don't get to become a multi-zillionaire off of being wait, wait, okay. So, question. How much do you think Bruce Willis is actually worth? Net worth? I mean, I have no idea. I, I would assume it's guess. 100 million plus. Brewski, how much is Bruce Willis worth? So, you know, computing, computing, computing. Brewski is computing. Boston Booyah. Here is the answer. $250 million. Okay. And where did that come from? Him recycling cans? My thing thing is, (laughs) is that I thought he'd be worth more than that, to be honest. Actors who only act and don't do the Ryan Reynolds or George Clooney thing where they start businesses, they tend to only be worth 100, 200, 300 million, you know, somewhere in that range, which is obviously a lot of stinking money. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's the Clooney's and the Reynolds who have taken that celebrity money, put it into a real company and then sell it. Yeah. Then they start to become worth tons. But again, that is all it, the Ryan Reynolds, George Clooney. You're only starting vodka companies and whatnot because you're famous. You yeah. don't get to have it both ways. That's my point. Need to know you. Use you need to know. Thank you. <laughs> Good. There you go. All right. Well, you should go sit down and uh, th- think about that for a little think while. About what I've done. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think yes. every show could be. It could end that way. Harness should probably go think about what he has said today. <laughs> so. Steve Harness. That's you can right. find us on our webpage, thevocalminority.net. You'll see all our socials there and a great way to communicate with the program. We thank you for listening to another installment. Peace, peace. This is the Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve.